Well, good morning. Uh, if you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 12. That's where we'll be today. My name is Jody Sledge. I'm one of the pastors at Christ Fellowship Church here in Bowling Green. Thankful to be filling in for Dallas today as he's away. Uh, I'm a native of Bowling Green. I've been serving at Christ Fellowship for over 13 years. Uh, my wife and her four boys, uh, Jeannie, and then Eli and Levi and Abram and Asher are here with us today. Uh, and so I'm thankful for this opportunity uh, to be able to fill in. Dallas had told me that a few weeks ago, um, in a message, he had touched on anxiety a little bit. Um, and so we are preaching through Luke at our church. And so I thought this message from Luke chapter 12 would be an encouragement to us. So Luke chapter 12, if you have your Bible, turn there. We're going to be in verses 22 through 34. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. It says this. And he said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body and what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barn, yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are, they, are you than they, than the birds? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, then why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek first his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with the treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this opportunity that we have to open your word today. We are thankful, Lord, that you have spoken to us through our Lord Jesus and spoken to our hearts about anxiety. We're thankful that you are a God that doesn't push us away when we feel anxious, but encourages us to draw near, to draw near to your throne of grace that we may find help in times of need. And so, God, I know that all of us have something that we are anxious about, and so, God, would the words of Jesus minister to us today as we seek to hear and obey what he has to say to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder why we are so anxious as a people. I mean, it's no secret that we're growing more and more anxious, right? I mean, more and more people are experiencing anxiety. The past few years that we've experienced have caused it to skyrocket. Almost 20% of Americans have an anxiety disorder. One in three teenagers will experience an anxiety at some point in their life. I mean, just think about everything that's happened over the past few years. There's COVID-19 pandemic, racial, political tensions, struggling economy, school shootings. I mean, there's just so many reasons for us to be anxious. And, and anxiety really is not just a problem for people out there. If we were honest, it's a problem that we struggle with too. The church is not immune to anxiety. We, we worry that something bad is going to happen to our kids or 
We worry that our marriage is going to fall apart. We worry about paying the bills or getting out of debt. We're anxious about our own physical health or our mental health. We're anxious about fitting in with other people and we fear that we're maybe going to always be lonely. We worry about what people are going to think about us. We, we might even fear that we'll never truly be happy in our lives. We might be worried that we're terrible at our jobs. We might fear that we're going to be terrible parents. We worry maybe that we're terrible Christians. We worry that something terrible is just coming around the corner for us. I mean, there's so many reasons to be anxious. And if you weren't anxious before, you're probably feeling anxious now, right? So what are we going to do about our anxious hearts today? I know that this is a struggle that some people deal with a lot worse than others. But I think there's something that all of us are anxious about today. Maybe if you'd even say, I'm not really that anxious of a person. There's something that you're anxious about. And the good news today is that we have a good shepherd who knows. Jesus sees our anxious hearts. He knows the war that can wage in our hearts. And he loves us. You see, Jesus sees our anxious hearts and he knows that, that, that these things can come upon us and can overpower us. But we've come to the words of Jesus today and he's confronting that anxiety that's in our hearts. And just as clear as he can say, he says to us, do not be anxious. And he tells us that because he loves us. As clear as he can be, he says, don't be anxious. Now, it could be easy when we hear another sermon on anxiety to think that Jesus has just got to be frustrated with us. Maybe you feel that way. I feel that way sometimes. Surely he's just fed up with all this worrying that we do. Friends, get this. The fact that Jesus is commanding us not to be anxious, doesn't that show us that he knows that we are anxious? And he's still here. He's not frustrated with our anxieties. He's not wagging his finger at us when we worry. He's not rolling his eyes every time we struggle to trust him. He's here for us. Because he's here for us, he wants to shepherd our anxious hearts. And so today in the Gospel of Luke, our good shepherd is speaking his word to us. He wants us to have freedom from anxiety. And so my goal for us is to hear the words of Jesus and let him minister to our anxious hearts. Friends, he loves us so much. And so let's hear what he has to say to us today. First, Jesus says, don't be anxious because God treasures you. Don't be anxious because God treasures you. Look look at verse 22. So Jesus has just given us our first reason not to be anxious. He says this, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, nor about what you will put on. So really, this is the central command for our passage. He'll repeat it later in verse 29 when he says, Again, do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, and nor be worried. So Jesus is commanding us not to be anxious. What he's talking about here is having an unhealthy heart when it comes to our needs and our circumstances around us. Anxiety, you might say, well, what even is it? It's an intense worry or fear about everyday situations. Jesus mentions food and clothes. These are basic needs, basic situations. It can be easy with our hearts to be filled with worry about these things. And so Jesus calls us to keep our hearts free from this kind of anxiety. And not because these things don't matter. He's not saying to us, you don't need food. 
You don't need clothes. Don't worry about those things. That's not what he's saying. Food and clothes are good gifts from God. I'm glad that we've been eating food this week. I'm glad that we're wearing clothes this morning. So what exactly is Jesus getting at? What does he, what's he want to keep our hearts free from? Notice what he says in verse 23. He says, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. You see, the first reason not to be anxious about these things is because our lives are more than just food and clothes. We need these basic needs, yes, but isn't life so much more than that? We've got relationships to take care of, families to serve. We've got money to manage, people around us, neighbors to love in Jesus' name. We've got a God to serve and to worship. Life is so much more than food and clothes. So again, Jesus is not saying those things don't matter. He's saying there's more important things. So I know everybody's trying to eat healthy these days. And I know everybody loves a good sale at Target. But life is so much more than those things. He's calling us to fight against anxiety in our lives. And so notice he offers the remedy. Well, what do we do to fix this kind of anxiety? His remedy is to think about birds. That's what he wants us to do. Look at verse 24. He says, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have no, neither storehouse nor barn, yet God feeds them. And, and notice how Jesus goes immediately to our thoughts. He says, consider the ravens. Think about the ravens. Is it the fight for anxiety often done in our hearts and in our thoughts? You know, not always, but most of the time it's a, a heart that is filled with ang- anxious thoughts, right? A lot of times it's our thoughts are about these kind of what ifs. What if I lose my job? What if my kids struggle in school? What if my spouse doesn't love me anymore? What if the doctor says it's cancer? What if I just feel depressed the rest of my life? We, we, our thoughts are so filled with these what ifs. And so Jesus knows the, the war of anxiety is often fought in our thoughts. And so quite literally he says, so fill your thoughts with birds. And here's what he wants us to think about. Birds don't have farms. They don't have barns, yet they still eat, right? They're not anxious. They don't worry. Why? Because God feeds them. And so when you feel overcome with worry or fear, why not do what Jesus is literally saying to do? Why not stop and think about the birds? I mean, really, go outside, find some birds. Pull up a video of birds on your phone. And fill your mind with thoughts of a God who provides even birds and then root yourself in this reality that jesus is pointing us to we are of great value to god look at the second half of verse 24 he says of how much more value are you than the birds jesus wants us to be rooted in this reality we are of great value to god you see he uses ravens as an example for birds ravens were unclean scavenger birds They were seen as pests. And so Jesus' point is this. If God cares about feeding pests, how much more does he care about feeding and caring for his own people? You see, the reality is is that God cares for us more than we even know. He values us more than we even know. He created us in his image. He gave us his spirit to give us life. He guides our steps. And more than all of that, we know that God values us 
Because Jesus became one of us, didn't he? And he died for us. God loves birds, but Jesus did not die for birds. He died for us to save us from our sins. And he did that because he loves us. And so, friends, God loves us. And that means that we are his treasure. We are a people for God's own possession. We're God's treasured people. And that's not because we're great. We're not. We're great sinners. God treasures us because that's how he loves. And he is a great savior for us. You see, the fact that God treasures us should cast any anxiety far away from our hearts. So, brothers and sisters, God treasures you. He gave you his only son just to show you how much he treasures you. So when you feel anxiety creeping into your heart, remember, God loves you. You're valuable to him. And if you're valuable to God, if you are his treasure, then will not God continue to care for you the rest of your life? Remember, God cares for the birds, but if it, it's us, his people, that he treasures. So brothers and sisters, don't be anxious, because God treasures you. Notice, secondly, Jesus is telling us to not be anxious, because God will provide for you. Don't be anxious, God will provide for you. Look with me again at verses 25 and 26, and Jesus gives us another reason not to be anxious. He says, in which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you're not able to do as small a thing as that, then why are you anxious about the rest? So anxiety can have a big effect on our lives, but one thing it can't do for us is add a single hour to our life. The average person will live over 700,000 hours, and no amount of worry or fear or anxiety can change that. You can't add a single hour to your life by worrying. Now, I don't think that's what many of us are worrying about. I don't think we're trying to just get one more extra hour out of life. Maybe we are. But I think Jesus' point here is that we, when we worry and when we're anxious, it does absolutely nothing for us. It's useless. Now, there's certainly a level of concern about things in your life. You might even call it anxiety that's good. But the kind of anxiety that he's talking about is useless. It can do absolutely nothing for us. I mean, you can stay up all night long tossing and turning in the bed worried, but worry cannot stop someone you love from getting into a car accident. You can feel all the stress in the world over your finances, but anxiety will not pay a single bill. You can be fearful that your family will never be reconciled, but fear can do absolutely nothing to bring peace to the people that you love. So worry can't keep the people you love safe. Fear can't fix the problems in your life. Anxiety, Jesus says, can't even add a single hour to your life. So notice the remedy that Jesus gives for this kind of anxiety. His remedy for us is to think about flowers. We thought about birds, now he says go think about flowers. Look again at verse 27. It says, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Jesus wants us to fill our thoughts again with a God who cares even for flowers. Flowers do nothing to clothe themselves, yet they're still more glorious than Solomon. We read earlier in the Old Testament reading about Solomon and all of the 
fancy clothes that he had. Even his slaves had fancy clothes. I mean, the Queen of Sheba, when she shows up, is speechless when she sees all of this. Even Solomon's servants wearing their fancy clothes. And Jesus says, Solomon's got nothing on the lilies in the field. You see, Jesus wants to fill our anxious thoughts, our anxious thoughts of our anxious hearts, excuse me, with the thoughts of a God who provides even for the flowers. And, and he wants to root ourselves in this reality. God will provide for his people. He treasures us, but now he's going to provide for us. Look at verse 28. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Jesus wants us to be rooted in this reality. God will provide for his people. If he clothes the grass, how much more will he provide for us? I mean, if we could just get our little faith rooted in that reality, then our hearts would be free of anxiety. But what about the times when it seems like God will not provide for us? How can we know that God really will provide everything that we need for our finances and for our families and for our futures? How can we really trust Him? Listen, we can trust that God will provide for us because He's already given us the greatest gift that He could ever give. Listen to Romans 8, 32. God, who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? God has already given us Jesus. He's already forgiven us in Christ. He's already justified us in Christ. He's already adopted us in Christ. Already sanctified us in Christ. Already glorified us in Christ. If He's already done that and so much more, then everything else is just icing on the cake, right? God has already rescued us from the depths of our sin through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And everything else is just a gracious gift. So friends, if we could root ourselves in that reality that God will provide for his people in Christ, then what reason is there to be anxious? You remember the story in 2 Kings 4 about the prophet Elisha. A widow comes to him with a problem. Her husband had a debt that he couldn't pay and he's died. And, and now her two sons are about to become slaves to pay off the debt. And so the only thing that they have of value is this jar of oil in their house. And so Elisha tells the woman to go and find as many empty jars from your neighbors as you can find and fill up your whole living room with all these jars. And then he said to her, and so take that jar of oil that you have and just start pouring it into all of these empty jars. And you see, the more that this woman poured the oil, the more that it flowed, more and more, until every jar in the whole house was filled with oil. And Elisha told her to sell all that oil, pay off the debts, and then live free the rest of your life. Friends, the gift of Jesus is like that widow's oil. The more that we pour, the more that it just keeps coming. It just keeps graciously giving. His grace and his love just keep coming and keep coming. That doesn't mean we won't suffer in life. We certainly will. It doesn't mean we won't struggle in life. We certainly will. 
And it doesn't mean that things will be easy for us. But it does mean that the love and the grace of God for us in Jesus Christ will never stop pouring over us. So when you feel anxiety creeping into your hearts, remember God's love will provide for you. He gave you Jesus. And he will with him also give you graciously all things. So remember God closed the lilies, but it's really on us that he pours his love and his grace. So brothers and sisters, don't be anxious. God will provide for you. And then lastly, number three, Jesus says, don't be anxious because the Father is giving you the kingdom. Look at verses 30 and 31. And here's Jesus' third reason to not be anxious. He says, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them, and said, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Notice that Jesus, for the first time in our passage, uses the word Father. Jesus is wanting to draw a strong connection between the nations who don't know God and those who know him as Father. You see, when people don't know God as Father, their lives are full of anxiously seeking good things. We better be happy. We better make the gods happy so that they send rain for our crops. We better honor the right goddess so that she'll bless our family with children. We better make all the right sacrifices and do all the right things so our business will be blessed. It's the way the nations lived in Jesus' day. Many live that way today. That's the way those who don't know God as Father live. But in Christ we have come to know God as Father. And Jesus calls us to seek His kingdom. You see, God knows what we need, so seek His kingdom and the Father will take care of the rest. You see, if our Father is King, then what do we have to be worried about? Do you you ever take your kids with you to work? As a pastor, I get to take my kids with me to work every Sunday. Have you noticed that kids, not that my kids would ever do this, but have you noticed that kids think they can get away with anything at mom or dad's work? My boys certainly would never do that, right? Dallas's kids would certainly never do that. But when mom or dad is in charge... It gives you some confidence, right? What reason is there to be worried or anxious when mom or dad is the boss? Friends, our father is the king of all heaven and all earth. What reason is there for us to be worried or anxious? I mean, listen to this incredible reality that Jesus wants us to be rooted in in verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I mean, how can we get through this crazy life without fear? Because it's our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Notice that the Father wants us to give us the kingdom because it's His good pleasure. Not because He has to. Not because He feels pressure to do it. But because He wants to do it. The Father wants to give us the kingdom. Well, what does that mean? What is the kingdom? The kingdom of heaven is where Jesus rules by the light of his glory and grace. And it's the Father's good pleasure for that to be ours. To forever live in the light of Jesus' glory and grace. I mean, if we could just root ourselves in that reality, that the Father wants to give us the kingdom, then what do we have to be fearful about? 
I mean, poverty can't keep the kingdom from us. Cancer can't keep the kingdom from us. Not even death can keep the kingdom from us. God desires to give us the kingdom, and so in Jesus Christ, he will do it. Friends, our Father is the King. What do we have to be fearful or anxious about? And so Jesus wants this truth to be rooted deeply into our hearts. And so he offers a remedy, one last remedy for our anxious hearts. Look at verse 33 again. He says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that do not fail, where nor thief approaches and no moth destroys. What does it look like when we seek first the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus offers a very practical way to seek the kingdom. It's not the only way to do it, but it's one way, a very important way to seek the kingdom. He says, sell your stuff and give to the poor. You see, Jesus is challenging us to put our money where our mouth is. If life is all about having lots of money and lots of of nice stuff, then keep your money and keep your stuff. But if life is about advancing the kingdom of God, then Jesus calls us to sell our stuff and give our money away. Now, of course, it's not wrong to have money. It's a gift from God. It's not wrong to have nice things. But don't miss what Jesus is saying here. Jesus really expects us to sell our things and give the money to those in need. I mean, just what do we find the early church doing in the early chapters of the book of Acts? Listen to Acts 2, verse 45. And they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. I wonder where they got that idea to do that. Jesus, right? So before we kind of explain this verse away and say, well, we don't really have to do that all of the time. And certainly, if we gave away everything, then we would have nothing. It's easy to do that. So let me just encourage us today to obey Jesus. Find something you can sell and give the money to the poor. Give it to your church so you can serve the poor in the community here. Donate it to a nonprofit working for needy people. You see, Jesus' point, I think, is this. When we do something like this, it helps shape our hearts. Jesus knows what he's doing. There's a reason he wants us to give our money away. Because it's a way that we can tangibly see that we're actually living for the kingdom of Christ. And don't you see how that can help with our anxiety? When we serve those who are in need, we're reminding ourselves that we don't live only for this world. When we do something as simple as selling things, we're training our hearts to seek first the kingdom of God. When we give away money to the poor, what we're doing is we're reminding ourselves that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And as we do that, we're providing for ourselves treasures in heaven. And so really, that's the key to fighting anxiety in our hearts. You see, Jesus closes our passage in verse 34 talking about treasure. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Anxiety is really all about treasure, isn't it? If money is my treasure then I'm going to worry about my bank account or the stock market. If comfort and ease is my treasure, 
then I'm going to be anxious about anything that's going to be hard or anything that's going to be painful in life. If being liked by other people is my treasure, then I'm going to be fearful of what people think of me. And if happiness is my treasure, then I'm going to be worried about anything that could happen to get in the way of my own personal happiness. See, anxiety is really about treasure. And so Jesus says the best remedy for an anxious heart is to find the best treasure. And that treasure is Jesus. You see, if Christ is our treasure, then why not give away our money? If Christ is our treasure, then why not endure hardship and pain for his sake? If if Christ is my treasure, then why not live free of what people think of me? And if Christ is our treasure, then why not seek anything that would bring him glory and praise? You see, the key to having victory over anxiety is not treasuring less, but treasuring more. Don't care less about your finances. Don't care less about your families. Don't care less about your future. Care more about Jesus. Treasure Jesus more. Because you see, a heart full of Jesus is a heart with little room left for anxiety. So as we fill our hearts full of Jesus, let's remember that we're God's treasure. Let's remember that God will provide for us. And let's be confident that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. You see, the truth is, anxiety is not really going anywhere. There's always going to be reasons for us to be anxious. But Jesus isn't going anywhere either. And with him, there's every reason not to be anxious. So brothers and sisters, let's bring our anxious hearts to Jesus. And let's treasure him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you for Jesus. That he's our good shepherd. He's our faithful high priest. He's the lamb of God who was slain for our sins. He's the friend who laid down his life for us. And so as we come with no doubt so many different anxieties and fears in our own hearts and in our thoughts. God, may we look to Christ and be reminded that you treasure us, that you provide for us, and that it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And so, God, may we look to Christ as we seek to be faithful and obey what he has said to us today. And may we treasure him truly more and more each day. May this church treasure Christ together as the only one who can fulfill our needs and our hopes and our desires, as the only one who will never fade away, whose glory will remain for all eternity. Thank you, Lord, for loving us even when we are anxious, forgiving us when we are anxious in a sinful way, and for caring for us when we are worried and fearful. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us and you will love us forever. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name.